What's up, everyone? It's 9 o'clock on a Monday, which means we are back with another episode of Tough Scenes on WEGL 91.1 FM. I'm your host, Egan Shankleton. And I'm your co-host, Riley Zepp. And for the next hour, we will be talking all things sports here on the Plains and around the globe. And of course, our picks for the week. I hope you all enjoy the show, and let's get right into it. What's up, everybody? Listen to ease uh, into it today. Yeah, ease. I'm a little tired. Actually, I think I'm pretty good now because I drank a bunch of coffee before I came here. But before I drank coffee, very tired. I slept in this morning because I couldn't sleep last night. Um, but you guys are listening to another episode of Tough Scenes here on a uh, WEGL ninety one point one FM. You finally got it through. Yeah, yeah, dude. I dr- I ate a uh, a grilled chicken club. Mm. Chick-fil-A today and then drank one of those uh, core power protein shakes and just never recovered. Yeah, but just sat in my stomach like a brick. Yeah, that that tends to happen. Yeah, so I chugged like a coffee and a half or like an hour and a half before I came here and now I'm good, but I don't know how I'm going to go to bed tonight. So Yeah, your stomach might be hurting too. It's pretty good right now. Normally, I I would agree, but right <laughs> now we're chilling. So uh, I think we'll think we're do I think it'll be good. But how was uh, how was uh, this past weekend for you? This past weekend, um, let's see. Friday night, I went out, hung out a little bit. You know, same old, same old at the bar. I'm not really a big fan anymore. Yeah, there just too many times, seen it, done it. But uh, then Saturday, didn't really do much. And then Sunday, NASCAR is back. Yeah, NASCAR is back at the LA Coliseum. I watched that from like 3 p.m. until 10 p.m. And because they had a bunch of heat races and then the main event. And so that's basically all I did. Did you watch Wiz Khalifa? I did watch Wiz Khalifa. And honestly, compared to the pre-race performance and the person they had last year, it was way better. Yeah, my mom, my mom, I called my mom yesterday because we're just talking, catching up. And she's like, yeah, we're watching the race. Um and I was like, oh, how how long left is there? And she's like, I don't know. Uh, Wiz Khalifa just performed. Yeah, there was a halftime. Yeah, she's like, I think it's halftime. Yeah, which I think, I don't know if it needs to be every race, but yeah, halftime, I think halftime would be pretty cool at some races if you got a person like Wiz Khalifa. Yeah, I don't know if, uh, I don't know if they could have halftime at every race. No, they definitely. They'd run out of country music singers. Yeah, and I wonder, I'm sure that the drivers are not thrilled with the halftime. Yeah, it does give them bathroom break, though. They do have a bathroom break. I wonder if any of them, any one of them used it, or I wonder if any of them just sat in their car. They're just like, all right, let's hurry this up. Or I wonder if anyone was uh, front row and center for Wiz Khalifa. That would be pretty cool. Like Um, uh, McPherson last year, how he just stayed out. Uh, yeah, but uh, so it happened at the L.A. Coliseum, and they, obviously they had – who did they have bef- perform pre-race? Cypress Hill. Oh. They, they had uh, Cypress Hill perform pre-race. And Insane then, in the Membrane. Yep, that song. And then Wiz Khalifa did all his hits, you know, Black and Yellow, Black and Yellow, which not a fan of because – We the boys. Because it's for, for the city of Pittsburgh. 
uh, Black and Yellow referring to the Steelers, so I don't like that song. Or the Pirates. Or the Pirates. Or the Penguins. All Yeah, all, actually also the Penguins. Just Black and Yellow everything in Pittsburgh. But, uh, yeah, I read a bunch of the comments on, like, the Instagram page, NASCAR Fox Instagram page, and, like, the diehard, the, the diehard fans did not like it. Oh, I can imagine. So they – everyone hated the race yesterday except for – I didn't hate it, but everyone – I think they're trying to get a bunch of new fans, obviously. That's why they're doing it out of California at a the football stadium in L.A. with a bunch of performers. And I, I think it might work, but, yeah, the diehard NASCAR fans don't like it. Yeah. As you can imagine. As as I think anyone can imagine. But props to NASCAR for, for doing it, though. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I mean – I think any like casual fan of NASCAR or not even a fan of NASCAR that just stumbled upon it would be like, oh, this is pretty cool. They're doing a stock car race in an yeah, Olympic uh, stadium. The first race in, I think, 16 years, 15 years, where there wasn't the uh, – well, first race in 16 years that Kyle Busch wasn't driving the M&M's car, but first race in probably like 30 years where there just wasn't an M&M car on the track. It's a new era. Mars is no longer a NASCAR. That's sad. It is pretty sad, but Kyle Busch in the eight car, I thought looked pretty cool. Is it what? What sponsors? Is uh, it, still, it can't be Budweiser. No, it's not Budweiser. I think he's. They're gonna be like rotating throughout the year, but uh, I like that. But uh, yeah, last night was BetMGM. Yeah, uh, like BetMGM like app. Yeah. It the car looked cool though because it was black and gold. Yeah. So and he also did really well in the race. He was. Started like top five and then got taken out. Went to the back, drove mm-hmm. all the way back up to the front though. So there you go. But that was my weekend. I didn't do anything really except for watch the uh, the Pro Bowl games in NASCAR. They, they happened. They happened. That that I texted Egan. And I was like, oh, we have to talk about the Pro Bowl games. And then I realized I didn't watch the Pro Bowl games. I don't really care about the Pro Bowl. They they weren't that good. I saw that Miles Garrett dislocated his toe, but. Yeah, that that I mean, the uh, the only player, and Jalen Ramsey laid out Tyreek Hill. Yeah, thirty-two teams in the league, probably fifty guys get invited. One person uh, got injured, and it's the best player for my favorite team. Yeah, and he limped off the field. Yeah, so that's that's great. Was it during the flag football part too? Well, he he uh, refused to put on any actual shoes the whole weekend and just. Uh, you know, decided to compete in everything in vans. So, Off the wall? Yeah, so he just thought, you know, I'm just going to do all the skills competition and play this game in vans, and uh, my toe's not going to – there's nothing could go wrong. Hey, I mean, it could be. It could have been a lot worse. Yeah, it know? could have been a lot worse. He could have actually worn cleats like everybody else and not got injured. Yeah. But, uh, you know, he can't ask Miles to do that. Yeah. Just like how you can't ask the Browns to try hard on Sunday. On defense, especially. On defense. Um, hey, but it wasn't the coach's fault, clearly. <laughs> he got hired again. Yeah, obviously. Uh, which we'll talk about that later on in the show. Uh, a lot of coaching hires since the last time we were on air. Um, yeah, of course. They all happened like Tuesday. Yeah, or yeah, just after Monday last week. Yeah, either Monday at like midnight or Tuesday morning. Yeah, some things just it we, we just can't have nice things. That's on the normally show how it goes too. It's always Tuesday morning. Yeah, 
Monday's a slow, slow let's day. Gonna, let's take a guess tomorrow, though. Which do uh, you think is going to be like a... A coaching... I think the Cardinals make an official announcement on their head coach tomorrow morning. I don't know about tomorrow morning, but uh, I'm going to say Wednesday afternoon. Yeah, sometime just shortly after the show, but a decent amount of time before the next show. Yeah, yeah, so like it's old news. Like uh, Sean Payton. Yeah, everyone's covered Sean Payton eight times already. Yeah, but we haven't. We haven't. We're the bad boys. Because it ba- happened. We're the bad boys of, uh, of I guess, sports journalism. Sports journalism <laughs> of podcasting. But uh, what do you do for your weekend? Uh, Friday, I uh, went bowling. I only played like one game. Bowled a 160-something. Not a big deal. Hey. Um, played. Uh, played. That's probably better than like my best score ever. Yeah, not a big deal or anything like that. 160 is not, you know, just an average game for just me. Whatever. Just an, yeah, it's just whatever. I'm, this is sarcasm for uh, those of who do, those of you know what I'm trying to say. It's sarcasm. <laughs> um, played a little bit of poker with some friends. Uh, hung out. You make any money? No, I choked very diff- like very hard. I was up a lot in the beginning. I I mean, you know how they say. Uh... Like, the common thing is, like, well, they don't teach us taxes in high school. Why don't you teach me something that I'm going to learn in real life? should teach poker in high school or in school because, like, you can make so much money playing against people who just don't know how to play poker. Yeah. My dad taught me at a young age, and he said, don't do this at school. He taught me how to gamble. We should have it at school. Eight-year-old eight, eight me was like, ooh, this is, this is cool. I know how to – yeah, I know how to gamble on card games. I still don't really know. I know like the basic rules of poker, but if I played with anyone who knew what they were doing, they could take all my money for sure. Yeah, I'm definitely like I'm not good. I'm I wouldn't even say I'm average. I can win sometimes, but I just yeah. like playing. Like it's just fun. It's yeah, it time. is. It's a good it's a good time. Um and then Sunday slept in, missed the Arsenal game, which we lost. Um, first time we've lost since the month of September. Really? Yeah. Wow. Um, and then, what did I do on Sunday? Uh, watch sick flag football game that went on. I did not. I don't know. I just kind of hung out. Kind of just had a chill weekend. Sunday's kind of the hangout day. Yeah, it's it's it. Yeah, it's just a hangout day. Like if you're if you're doing a lot on Sunday, you're being real productive on Sunday. You need to stop. Yeah. You're you're crazy. You're doing doing too much. If you're productive on a Sunday, Sunday is something's like off. One chore. Yeah, I you mean one chore at like noon or one p.m. Or like like right as you wake up, you wake up at like nine. You have to do your laundry. You like you get ready really slowly. Like you just probably take an hour. Yeah, you know, get a coffee, look out the window for like five minutes, <laughs> take a really long shower, and then you know it's eleven. You're like, all right, I'll go do a chore. So you go like rake some leaves or do the laundry, and then you go, then you turn on golf and you take a nap. That's Sundays. Yeah, you you got something done, so you can feel good and be like, I did something today, but you shouldn't really do anything on Sunday. Well, I did start a new TV show. Well, I didn't start it. I started off where I left off, yeah. which was still like the fifth episode of the first season of The Wire. I've never watched The Wire. A it's lot of people good. talk about it, though. I watched, like, three episodes today before the show. It's I good. think I'm not a big show guy. The only shows I've watched, 
like first episode to last episode, uh, One Tree Hill. I so I started so off good. watching that, and I was like, I just can't do this. And then I think I watched. There was another show that I got really into, but I don't, I'm not a big show guy, so I haven't watched Breaking Bad or Me Better Call Saul. Me Me I haven't watched a single episode of either of those. I've watched like two. But I saw Bad. an interview with. He's a Hispanic guy. He's like in both those shows. One of the. He's also, he's also the guy for Far Cry, the video game. In all those commercials, uh, I don't know. His you know name. what I'm talking about, yeah, though. Yeah, but I know who you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, so I saw an interview with him, and he was talking about how if you can watch, if you've never seen any, either of them, and you watch Better Call Saul first and then Breaking Bad, it, it'll be like it's gonna be crazy, according to him. Hmm. So I think I might have to commit and then watch both of those, which is gonna take a really long time. Yeah. I know about Breaking Bad just because everybody's watched it. Yeah. It's kind of like The Sopranos. Like I know about The Sopranos. I like The Sopranos. I've watched pretty much the first season, yeah, but I already I, know what happens. I actually haven't watched The Sopranos either. I just watched The Godfather for the first time this year. I haven't, I haven't watched The Godfather yet. Godfather, great movie. You need to set aside like eight days to watch it, though, because yeah. it's so long. Yeah, it's it's it. I heard it. I heard it's really good, but at some points it's pretty boring. Yeah, like just set aside a weekend – Start it Thursday night, and then you'll finish early Sunday morning. Yeah, it's such a long movie. I and, watched. Uh, I watched a movie last weekend by the same director, Apocalypse Now, for the first time. What was it, Martin Corsese? No, it's a uh, Francis Ford Coppola. I remember, but it was a great movie, though. By the way, yeah, I I've heard great things about The Godfather. I kind of feel dumb saying highly recommend. You know, highly recommend one of the most famous movies of all, of time. all time. Yeah, yeah. That's like saying I highly recommend Shrek when all <laughs> eight billion people in the world have watched Shrek and love it. Great, great movie. Shrek is a great movie. Um, Shrek Two is also good. Also, Rosa Parks died in two thousand five, meaning she could have watched the first Shrek. That's wild. It came out in like two thousand one. That is. Which completely throws off. Like, my... Perception of time? Yeah. Yeah. Like, as far as I'm concerned, she was alive 400 years ago. That's the way they make it seem. Yeah. Like, I... I it, but then you're like, wait, she watched Shrek? She could have. Well... She could have. Well, I mean, everybody's watched Shrek. So. Everybody's watched Shrek. Also, it's way... I watched Megamind again, which, similar to Shrek, there's so many jokes that you just fly straight over your head when yeah. you're, like, eight years old that you get now, and you're like, that was, that was a good touch. I've watched it, but I don't remember it. I need to rewatch Megamind, I guess. It's a big blue guy, obviously. Yeah, it's it's a superhero movie. Yeah, and uh, the superhero dies, right? In the beginning, the one that he fights all the time. So he finally defeats superhero, and he's like, well, I got no one to fight now. So he creates a superhero that ends up turning into a bad guy. Yeah. And then he's the superhero. Mm. So, you know, feel-good story. Yeah. Um... But uh, perfect timing. It's time for PSA. Right? Yeah, I'm trying to think. Uh, uh, what are we going to talk about next? Oh, me and Riley played Madden this weekend. Oh yeah, we did play Madden. We have huge updates. Huge updates. Both mode. of our teams probably are the best teams assembled of all time. Yeah. Uh, offensively. Just, uh, yeah, definitely offensively. Defensively, not so much. But offensively, I mean, I'm loaded. Absolutely. Riley's loaded. got the best pass game of all time. I've got the best run game of all time. My run game is underrated also yeah it's also good yeah but we'll get into that later in the show 
Um, we may have uh, gone like two or three years in the future. And done some of the most unrealistic yeah. trades of all time. So <laughs> I, I realized that uh, we might have to do another wheel down the line because I feel like... Yeah, we're going to get through this pretty quickly just because it's kind of... Um, I don't know, when you're a broke college kid, you don't really have many things to do once you do your schoolwork, so we just play Madden all the time. Yeah, and uh, it's fun. It's fun. It's, so. it's fun when in, when you're not taking it as serious as, like, you're playing, like, online. It also was, like, our first two seasons went real bad. Yeah, oh, yeah. So terrible. we were, like, just get, skip through those real quick. Yeah. Let me get to, like, the free third. Agency. Yeah, let me get to the th- uh, the end of the second year free agency, and we, we can make some money moves. But yeah. we're going to go to PSAs. We come back. Super Bowl Livy. Yeah. Li- L- L-V-I-I. Oh. Livy. 57. 57. Super Bowl 57 preview. Tough scenes. Best preview we'll ever here. Eagles Chiefs. State Eagles Farm Arenas. <laughs> yeah. All right, we'll be back. All right, we're back. More tough scenes. Egan Riley, Weagle, 91.1 FM, which we've been doing this show for three years. I've been around the radio for a while. What does FM mean? Um, FUM. I think, I don't know. You got FUM and AM and AM. Football manager. Uh, first, first melody. I don't know. Yeah, I'm gonna look it up actually. Don't listen to us because no one ever listens to AM. When are you, it's too early. I don't think, <laughs> when have you ever told anyone ever? It's like, hey, it's uh, and it's also kind of different. It's like it's 87 AM. Yeah, or like, I I feel like it gets in the hundreds. Yeah, it's like this is 237 AM. Yeah. Um, the differences in how the carrier wave is modulated or altered with AM radio, the amplitude or overall strength of the signal is varied to incorporate the sound information with FM, the frequency, the number of times, uh, which is the number of times each second that the current changes direction of the carrier signal is varied. So, no, uh, still no yeah, clue. Yep, yeah, that didn't clear anything up. Still have no um, idea. Let's talk about stuff that we do know about. Uh, super football. S- football, we yeah. We know everything about football. Pigskin. Super yeah. Bowl. V. Uh, 57. 57. Eagles versus Chiefs at State Farm Stadium in Glendale, Arizona. Um, me and Riley were just talking about, we think, you know, obviously Glendale, we understand. It's Arizona. It's going to be warm. Not a lot of cool stuff to do around that area. Arizona is like the beachiest state to not have a beach. Yeah. They got the beachiest vibes. Like if you went there, you're like, oh, this is kind of like Florida, but it's just a desert instead yeah. of. But we thought that it needs to be, we we would like it to be outdoors because we feel like if a game, a game outdoors under the lights at night just looks way cooler on TV than inside of a stadium. Yeah. I also I would Egan didn't necessarily agree with this, but I think like every four years, we should have uh we should have a cold Super Bowl. No, I a snow game. I'm with you that I think that would be a really cool idea. I just think that there's absolutely no way ever that Goodell would go for that because he can't convince his billionaire friends to go sit in the cold. But Goodell could convince his billionaire friends to go sit in Nashville Stadium. Yeah. Think about it. If they had the Super Bowl in Nashville this weekend, it'd be like 55, 60 degrees at night. Perfect weather, not too hot, not too cold, and it's outside, so you get some wind. 
You get to have that cool looking, you know, shot under the lights at night. But uh, I don't know. I think that there should be a a, a stadium literally called the Super Bowl, like the Rose Bowl. Yeah, and that it's just, would be really cool. Just the Super Bowl, and it's like the biggest stadium in America, and they put it somewhere random. That's a great idea for Goodell because he could just Goodell could just go out and be like, "All right, every city in America is in a bidding war. Whoever gives me the most money, yeah, well, and to it's build this stadium. It's gonna be like, um, I don't know. What would be a good place? What if they put it in Alabama? Yeah, I was about to say like Huntsville, Alabama, <laughs> the home of the Super Bowl. Honestly, the NFL could just build a city. The just, NFL, that's what Jerry Jones did, kind of. He yeah, built a mini like, city. In like, in like Frisco or something like that, right? Yeah, out in, uh, I think uh, it's Arlington, I believe. Because, yeah, Arlington's the city that's just sandwiched in between Dallas, Fort Worth, and Dal- um, oh, geez. Dallas and Fort Worth. Um, but, uh, yeah, so we basically, I think it's called jerry jerry's world or something so with, i don't know if it's called that but that's the nickname given to it and he basically just built a little little uh town around the stadium just a bunch of little shops and restaurants oh like uh, like kind of like the battery yeah pretty much yeah and jerry mm-hmm. jones just built his own little city around his stadium huh pretty cool but yeah the nfl easily like i feel like nfl is, could just be like live golf i feel like they have all the money well i mean they do have Probably the most money out of any sports league, like including FIFA, which is crazy. Yeah. The NFL, but the NFL is like, it might not be the world's most popular sport, but it's definitely, I think, the world's most profitable sport. Yeah, so much money in it, and the guy that's running it, no one likes. Yeah, they should have a committee uh, instead of. Well, actually, I feel like they do have a committee, and it's the committee is just Jerry Jones and his friends. Yeah, well, they yeah. Maybe there should be like uh, checks and balances. Like they should have an NFL government. I feel maybe like there is, but like there probably is, and it's more and, transparent. And Roger Goodell's president. Yeah, Roger Goodell's <laughs> the executive branch. Yeah, uh, they have a third-party judicial branch, and then the uh, legislative branch is uh, is the owner. I don't know. I'm not a fan of the Cardinal Stadium, though. I think that it's boring. It's the walls are maroon. Yeah, it's so dark in there. It looks it looks just depressing. Yeah, this is. There needs to be a Super Bowl. Yeah, there needs to be. A or Super played in the Rose Bowl. Played in L.A. Coliseum. Or the L.A. Coliseum. That'd be pretty cool. Or, I mean, they probably couldn't put that many fans in there, but uh, they can sit like ninety something. More yeah. than more than the Cardinal Stadium. What they really should do is bring it to a college stadium so they could put like a hundred thousand people in there for the yeah, Super Bowl. The big house. Probably be the loudest it's ever been in there. The shoe. The shoe. Yeah, they should do a college football tour. They should. They did play a Auburn. Super Bowl at Arizona State Stadium one year. Did they really? That's yeah, actually pretty Super Bowl cool. thirty something. Yeah, go to go to one of the big stadiums that holds like a hundred thousand people the and swamp. have it there. That would be really cool. But yeah, Cardinal Stadium, not not real hyped about it. Um The game though. Game though, very hyped good. about it. So Let's get into it here. So the spread is one and a half points. Over/under is at fifty and a half. Uh, as we speak, eight twenty-six p.m. on February sixth. I'm sure that will change with, um, you know, players news coming out, how banged up they are, this and that. Um, one thing that already came out today is Michael Hardman is now going to IR, and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is coming off of IR. Mm. So 
Chiefs offense will look slightly different. Not very much. So that's why Michael Hardman's player props were locked. Yeah, because he is not playing. Interesting. But uh, So I think the – what's your top three factors for this game on how, how it uh, shakes out? Um, will the Chiefs' defense be able to stop the Eagles' run game? I think mm. that is – Will the Chiefs' defense be able to stop? Yep, that's obviously – that's probably the biggest question for the Chiefs on defense. Yeah, just the Chiefs' dif- defense in general. Will they be able to stop Because that is Eagles' the... offense or just offense in general? But will the D-line get penetration? Yeah, will the D-line, you know, create chaos on the Eagles? I don't know. So, Chris Jones, probably the best defensive tackle in football right now. Yeah. I'd take Chris Jones over Aaron Donald right now. Right now, yeah. But uh, I think, yeah, because if you were to look up, you know, the definition of how the Eagles like to play football in Merriam-Webster, it'd be, we're just going to run the ball straight at you yeah. until you get tired and we can throw it. Yeah. that's Because ex- that's what the Eagles try to do every single week. And it, it's worked because they have a really good running quarterback who's bigger than most running backs. And they also have the best line of football. Yeah, see, that's the thing is the Bengals line is really bad. And the Chiefs were able to get past the line, create chaos, sack Burrow. I don't think they're going to have yeah. – like, well, yeah, they're not going to have the same opportunities. And I think that's what won the Chiefs the game. Yeah, I think that's a major factor. I also think um, – Mahomes' ankle. Yeah, how – what is Mahomes' ankle like? Is it going to be – It looked fine in, in the conference championship. I think there was, there was definitely – like, it definitely hindered him a little bit, but he was still able to make plays. But I think – that it's going to have to be fully healthy if they're going to beat the Eagles because four, all four defensive starters on the D-line for the Eagles all have over 10 sacks. So seventy sa- the uh, Eagles' defense had 70 sacks on the season. Second place had 55. Yeah. So first place by I, 10. I'm, I'm surprised the Eagles are only favored by one and a half points. Yeah, we saw in the NFC Championship it wasn't a malicious play. But they got after Brock Purdy fairly quickly, and they injured him fairly quickly. So Mahomes, that angle is going to have to be. And the 49ers have a good offensive line too. Really good offensive line. I think the Chiefs do too. It's solid. I don't know if it's 49ers. Yeah. But yeah, Mahomes is going to have to. He's going to be running a lot this weekend, and if that ankle is even hindered a little bit, I think it's going to be too much for the Chiefs. The thing is. Obviously, you can never count out Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. And if there is a team that, if chaos does happen, which I think it will, that plays the best, like, offense, like, under under pressure mm-hmm. and, like, just can improvise, play backyard football, it's the Chiefs. That is – that's very true. I think that – That's that's my next key is that if, if – can Kelsey and Mahomes and the rest of the guys, if they can just play backyard football – they could potentially win the game. Yeah, they've got – their line just needs to give Kelsey and Mahomes like one and a half seconds. Like Kelsey get into the zone, find where, find where you know, the weak spot is. That's where he does every single play, it seems yeah. like. And then give Mahomes just a split second to find him. Yeah, and if the, if the defense does get a lot of pressure, that can also kind of take Kelsey out of the equation too because he's going to have to chip more. Yeah. And then – because we saw, I mean, 
Those first two drives, Brock Purdy, they kind of he kind of went straight through the Eagles defense. I mean, they marched down, got the touchdown, and then the second drive they were moving it, and then he got injured. Yeah. So it, the Eagles defense could, you know, they they also they's uh, they've also had a couple games during the regular season where they weren't, you know, great. Which I'm sure they're going to be ready to play at Super Bowl, but yeah, and I, I'm. I'm also thinking if the Chiefs establish the run, if they can run the ball, that'd be interesting. Because that, would be good. that was like the only thing the 49ers could really do at that point. Yeah. And as I mean, they didn't do great, but they didn't have the appearance of throwing the ball cuz they literally couldn't. But I'm I'm thinking, you know, if they had a quarterback and they didn't have to run the ball every play, maybe the running game for the 49ers would have been a lot better and the Chiefs yeah. Clyde Edwards-Elair coming back. Pacheco had a solid game against the Bengals. It's going to be interesting. Um, but I still think one and a half is kind of a crazy line to me. And I think that you could very well – got to go to PSA, so let's be a lesson. I'll say for a break. But you could very well make the case that the Eagles really – kind of rusty going into this game because they played the Giants, which Daniel Jones. Yeah. Um, and then they played, you know, Josh Johnson. So they really they haven't had to play a tough quarterback this yeah. entire. And then they had the bye, obviously. Whereas the Chiefs, they had the bye, but then they had to go beat the Jaguars, who put up a solid fight, and Trevor Lawrence. And then they had to go beat Joe Burrow. Yeah. So they've you know they've played really Better tough games. Yeah, yeah. they played really tough games and came out the other side winners. Yeah. I- that might be why it's one and a half. I wouldn't say the Eagles are rusty, but they haven't played the level of competition that the Chiefs have had to recently. They almost haven't had to like sweat. Yeah, I mean they won thirty-eight to seven, and then I think both times, right? Yeah, pretty close both times. Let me look up Eagles Giants really quickly. Um, well, we got we got to go PSAs. Um, so when yeah, we come 38, back, seven. When we come back, we're gonna talk about like just. We're going to give our picks and stuff like that and then talk about some bets, uh, some good lines that we saw. I'm going to um, give you guys free money for the weekend. Yeah. Don't this is don't don't listen to us, but don't also listen don't to listen to us, but you know, if if they hit, you know, if you want to bet this month's mortgage on the on this bet, you can't. Yeah. We're we're kind of geniuses at this kind of stuff. Just a little It'll bit. work out, but uh yeah, we're going to break. All right. Ooh. All right, we are back. Listen to another segment on Tough Scenes, WEGL 91.1 FM. I'm solo right now. Riley's in the bathroom, so we'll we'll take we'll take care of this till he gets back. But yeah, Super Bowl 57 seems like. Um spreads one and a half points. Over under is fifty point five. I'm kinda surprised that this is at one and a half. Because the Philadelphia Eagles, on paper, after everything we said, seem like they should be a bigger favorite, as they have beat the New York Giants 38 to seven, and then of course the 49ers in the NFC Championship game with no quarterback 31 to seven. Whereas the Chiefs, their past two games, way closer, 27-20 uh, to the Jacksonville Jaguars and 23-20 to the Cincinnati Bengals. They very well could have lost both those games, but they didn't. And then to add on to that, Jalen Hurts has, you know, there's nothing wrong with Jalen Hurts pretty much. He had the shoulder injury a couple weeks back, but that seems to be fine. Whereas Patrick Mahomes has a high ankle sprain, 
that seemed to bother him a few, quite a bit the last game. It didn't really affect his play, I would say, but you can see on his face, it definitely did not feel very well. So, who am I going to take? Chiefs, one and a half. Eagles, minus one and a half. Um, do I think that the Chiefs will lose by less than two? See, that seems like a weird score. I don't know very many football scores that end up where it's 42-40 or... 30-28. I think I'm going to go with the Chiefs just because I think the Chiefs are going to win the game somehow. Patrick Mahomes, to me, I feel like is clearly the best quarterback in the league. This year, I kind of understand. Mahomes, you know, once Mahomes, this is his fifth season, fourth AFC championship in a row, so we kind of get used to it, whereas Joe Burrow, just kind of coming into his own, went to the AFC Super Bowl last year, came back to it this year, so he kind of is establishing himself as that top guy in the league this year, but I think it's kind of nonsense that so many people are kind of crowning Joe Burrow over Patrick Mahomes when Patrick Mahomes could possibly be the greatest quarterback of all time. Obviously, Tom Brady on everyone's mind because he just retired, but Tom Brady... You know he didn't go to he didn't go to four straight AFC championships in his first five years. I think the only person who's done that is Joe Flacco, believe it or not, which is pretty crazy to think about. That the only other quarterback was Joe Flacco. So yeah, Patrick Mahomes is the greatest quarterback in the NFL currently. So I'm gonna go with the Chiefs to beat the Eagles on Parcel Sportsbook. It's plus one hundred. Eagles are minus one twenty. All right, plus 100. So you bet $10, you win $10. Pretty simple. So obviously I picked Chiefs money line. So with the spread, I'm going to obviously go with the Chiefs again because there's no possible way for them to lose the spread but win the money line. they got to win both. Total points, 50 and a half. So Jaguar, the Chiefs' last two games was 47 points and then 43 points. So both those under the... Uh, over-under number here. And the 49ers in the uh, Giants game for the Eagles, that went to 38 plus 7. Quick mass, 45. Yeah, okay. Thank God I got that right. It would have been real embarrassing on here if I got that wrong. 37 plus, uh, 31 plus 7, 38. So also, both of their scores were under the, the total number here. So the past two games, both of them didn't hit the over. Uh, you know, I, I'm going to go with the over in this game. I think that the first half is going to look real bad for the over. Might be something like 17 points total. Maybe a 10 to 7. Maybe even 14 points total. But I think the second half, things are going to really kick off and get wild. I think that the uh, Philadelphia Eagles start off really strong because they're going to be really fresh. Obviously, they played Daniel Jones, Giants, and then Josh Johnson, 49ers. So I think that the Philadelphia defense is going to come out strong and hold the Chiefs to very little points. In the, I think probably zero points in the first quarter, maybe even zero points in the second quarter. But I think, obviously, Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, Eric Bieniemy, they're all great offensive minds. And I think they're going to come out in the second half, and that's when they're going to score all their points. And then, obviously, for whatever reason in these big games, uh, the NFC Championship 
AFC Championship. Once one team starts scoring, the other team starts scoring as well, and then they kind of just go back and forth. That's how I feel this game's going to go. So, <clears throat> let's see. Head-to-head this year. Well, it's not going to let me click on it. But, yeah, so I think that there's not going to be very many points scored in the first half. Second half is where all the points are going to come. So don't worry if, you know, you're watching the game and you're like, there's only 14 total points and it's the end of the first, second quarter. You know, so don't worry. They'll come. So it always is. Late in game, Mahomes isn't going to give up easily. He's going to score a lot of points. And then... So those are three those are three picks you can go by. You got the money line, point spread, total points. Recap them real quick. Chiefs money line, Chiefs point spread obviously, and then I'm going with the over. Cuz life's too short to bet the under. Why would you want to cheer for not a lot of points? And then one extra little miscellaneous one, a fun one. I think the first TD score is going to be Jalen Hurts at plus 600. So you bet $10, you win 60. It just seems like a Jalen Hurst type of play. I feel like the Eagles, like I said, start off extremely strong. They're going to march right down the field. They're going to run the ball. And then at the, when they're going to get to the goal line, I think they're going to choose to use Jalen Hurts instead of Miles Sanders. Although they could pick uh, Miles Sanders as well. But, yeah, first TD score, Jalen Hurts is actually the favorite. So a lot of people are also thinking the same way I am. But it could all... Miles Sanders is right there in second, so that also could happen. And then anytime touchdown score, let's see with the – so Travis Kelsey at minus 120 is the favorite to score. T- uh, out of everybody in this Super Bowl, the person that Vegas thinks is going to score a touchdown is Travis Kelsey. And then it's Jalen Hurts, Miles Sanders, A.J. Brown, Isaiah Pacheco, Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard. Hmm. Patrick Mahomes at plus 425. They don't think that he'll run one in. I think for my uh, sleeper pick this week, we're going to go Patrick Mahomes anytime touchdown at plus 425. You know why? Because no one thinks he's going to run the ball. He's got the high ankle sprain, which he does, and I don't think he will run the ball that much, but I think that the defense is going to know that. Obviously, the Eagles are going to know that he can't run the ball very well, so in the when they get down to the red zone, they're not going to expect it. They're going to go full out to cover the pass, cover the run, cover everybody but Patrick Mahomes because in their head, they don't have to worry about him because he can't run. So, what's he going to do? He's going to run in a touchdown. Yep. You heard it. Patrick Mahomes, anytime touchdown, plus 425, bet 10 to win 42.50. And, uh... I think that's pretty much all I got as far as, you know, picks for the Super Bowl. We'll wait for Riley's picks. He might not get to do his picks if he doesn't come back soon enough. Oh, there he is. Did it come out well? No, not at all. thought I was going to throw up. This this happens every show, by the way. My stomach is killing me. I don't know why. I am the best general manager in NFL history. Riley likes to eat food right before we start, so he has to go to the bathroom every time. I haven't used the bathroom during a show uh, in probably over a year. I know, so it just gets real gassy in here because you don't go. You I just... don't fart, dude. I don't fart during the show. I don't... Mm. 
I would never. You can't see me. I took my uh, cap off, my baseball cap. Dude, I mean, there's nothing I could do about it. Yeah, so I basically I already gave all my picks. Um, Eagles. No way. Eagles money line. Eagles spread. Over. That's basically what I said, but I just did Chiefs and then over. And my prop pick. Hmm. Jalen Hurts over two touchdowns. I picked Jalen Hurts first time, first t- touchdown score, and then Patrick Mahomes anytime touchdown. Or I guess over one and a half touchdowns, Jalen Hurts. What what's what's a better one? I'm gonna say Boston Scott anytime touchdown score. That is at plus four sixty. Yep, that's what I'm taking. Sorry, guys, for leaving the show. My bad, Egan. That was uh, unexpected. But uh, tough scene, you know? That's what the show's called. Kind of expected at this point. Yeah, but so that's our picks, and now we're going to go to break. Yeah. Because it's 845. My, should I, I run it back? nothing else to say. Should I run it back? No. <laughs> it's kind of annoying. <laughs> All right, we'll be back. All right, we're back. I'm back. More tough scenes, 91.1, WEGL, FM, got that out of order. Just that break, I guess, threw my brain for a loop. I don't know. Maybe I'm brain fried. Now we're going to talk about the uh, NFL coaching, hirings, firings, interviews, parting ways, stepping down, all the different ways that uh, you can say, I got fired. So I got hired. Pretty much. So we'll start with the... uh, I'll just run through all the guys who have been hired. So, Cardinals, new general manager, Monty Austin Fort, spent the past three seasons as the Titans director of player personnel. Ryan Nielsen, hired as the Atlanta Falcons defensive coordinator. He was the Saints assistant coach, as well as the co-defensive coordinator last season. Uh, Carolina Panthers hired Frank Reich as their head coach, and I might mess this up, but... Ijiro Evero, defensive coordinator, and he, where did he come from? Mm. He was the Broncos defensive coordinator. Yeah, then the Browns, Browns hired old Jimmy Schwartz. Legendary Lions head coach. To be our defensive coordinator. He, Sean Payton, Broncos, everyone knows that. D'Amico Ryans, Texans, everyone knows that one. Uh, Kellen Moore to the Chargers. Offensive coordinator. Got Michael Floor. Not uh, Matt. Is that Matt's brother? I mean, it has to be. Has to be. Rams offense coordinator, Vic Fangio, Dolphins DC. I like that. Brian Flores, uh, Vikings DC. Which happened today. My favorite, uh, Bill O'Brien, New England Patriots offensive coordinator. Uh, and then another one of my favorites, Joe Woods, defensive coordinator of the Saints. Shout um, out the Saints. Dude, these, these three, they put them in a row on purpose. Three meme <laughs> coaches. Then next, Nathaniel Hackett, OC of the Jets. Former Broncos uh, head coach who might have been one of – or not even might have been. He was one of the worst head coaches we've ever seen. He definitely was. But uh, I think – all right, so we get through these. First one, Cardinals, Daniel, uh, 
Cardinals general manager. I don't think anything's going to change. Cardinals will Cardinal. Cardinals still going to be mid. I think they're going to be bad. Mid. How many D's in the mid? Um, that whatever that the wrestling guy does. MJF. Mid, 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 mid. But I'm gonna give it five D's in the mid. He was the Titans director of player personnel. Do I think that the Titans did crazy? They did directing player personnel. They did have some. They did have some good players. They had a good team. I mean, they were they had a couple. I just don't think consistent playoff berths. Consistent playoff berths, but I'm gonna just with Ryan Tannehill at the helm. I'm just gonna go out on a limb. And give all the credit to Mike Vrabel for that, though. Yep. And just not Monty Austin for it. Also, Traylon Burks draft uh, in the A.J. Brown trade. That was bad. That was bad. But I guess that wasn't really his fault. He wasn't the general manager. But he was definitely in the meetings, and he could have been like, dude. He could have stood up on the table. A.J. Brown, you're going to get rid of him. Really good receiver. You know, but, uh, the only one on their team that's, you know. They still have to go uh, find a coach. So the, that's yeah, going to be his. Which we already said is going to happen sometime this week. You heard it here first. It's going to be tomorrow morning probably, or probably at 10.01 p.m. tonight. You're going to announce it as yeah. soon as we get done with the show. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so I'm I'm not sure that's going to make a huge difference there. Falcons. We'll, we'll wait until he hires a coach. Ryan Nielsen. Did the Saints have a good defensive defense last year? Probably not. I mean, when's the last time the Saints have had a good defense? They they always have a like if you ranked them out of thirty two they're always fourteen to eighteen anywhere in that well, range. Well, during like the Breeze prime, they were bottom bottom five a lot of the time. Yeah, I feel like now though more recently when they yeah. since they've gotten Demario Davis and uh, Marshawn uh, Lattimore. Yeah. yeah, they're average. So I'm looking up Ryan Nielsen. Let's go to his Wikipedia. Went to USC. Which like California guy. Oh. Um he played defensive tackle there. I like that. I like former players that coach. Yeah. He went undrafted and uh he made made the Eagles roster and then wh- what the he played for the Los Angeles Avengers in two thousand four. They are an arena football league team based in LA. Uh team folded in two thousand nine. But uh Go Avengers. Go Avengers. Uh, who knows? This might be he might be good. Yeah. You know, he's gonna he played with the Avengers. He did. He knows the Avengers personally. He knows the Avengers personally, so that, that kinda has to work out. Yeah. But I don't I don't think it will just because the Falcons defense has no players. AJ Terrell. AJ Terrell, Grady Jarrett, and then I think First name, and, last name. You and I could get starting jobs. Yeah. But uh Carolina Panthers head coach. I actually Frank Reich. I think I'm gonna be the only person that said I like this hire. Oh, I do too. Everyone I like Pat McAfee show, they hated on it. You know, ESPN, they hated on it. Barstool Sports, I don't really know what they said about it. But everywhere I watched, they were like, Oh, Frank Reich, he's so stupid. Look what he did at the Colts, bro. He had a winning record at the Colts, by the way. Um and the one time he had a losing record, uh, we had Carson Wentz as his quarterback. Yeah. So, um, I don't think he's a bad head coach at all. He's, I think he's consistent. I don't know if he'll get you to a Super Bowl, 
but he'll get you in He'll get you nine, contention. ten wins. Yeah. He's, he's, and that might uh, be what it takes in the NFC South. Frank Wright is very capable of, like, a, he's a ten-win guy. Yeah, he needs a running back. Yeah, he's not going to, you know, go get, like, go win something that he's not supposed to. But if he's got the team, I think Frank Wright can do well. Um, and the defensive coordinator? Ejiro. Evro. I'm going to trust Frank. Yeah. Frankie. I'll trust Frank on that one as well. Jim Schwartz, Cleveland Browns, great hire. Frank Reich also won a playoff game with the Colts. He did. He beat the uh, – with. wait, he made the playoffs with Phillip Rivers. Yeah. I think he won – was it the year before they won? Did, he got one year with Andrew Luck, didn't he? I think he got – maybe. But he went 40-33-1 in four and a half seasons, one and two postseason record. And last year the Broncos had a really, really good defense. So – Sounds good. Future's bright for the Panthers. Evero. I want to see where he went before. Yeah, the Broncos' defense was the only, like, bright spot. Um, Jim Schwartz for the Browns, though. Love the hire. Love it. I think he'll fit in perfectly in the state of Ohio, considering. Only red flag, though. Literally no other teams interviewed him. Only we did. So is that, a, that, is that a red flag? Yeah, kind of. Yeah. It could it's, be a red flag because it's like it's like an orange flag. Well, we just knew something that no one other, no other teams knew. I feel like that's just not true. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But uh, he was, you know, he took the Lions to a playoff berth. That's uh, really all you need to say. Yeah, and I think his first year as coach, they went two and eleven, and they somehow turned around to the playoffs, and then he won a Super Bowl with the Eagles. Defensive coordinator. Defense coordinator. Which is what he got hired to do. So this is what Browns, he got hired to do. Browns Super Bowl contention. We'll see. Let's hope that he takes Stefanski's job. Uh, yeah, that would be that'd be good. For he him. actually this is actually his second time coaching in Cleveland. Oh really? He was a personal personnel scout for Bill Belichick in nineteen ninety three to nineteen ninety five. So he full circle. So he's got he got the tutelage of Nick Saban and Bill Belichick. This guy is a defensive genius. Yeah. He has to be. Broncos, Sean Payton, probably the most notable hire. How does that happen to the Broncos? Like they, Money. They can't have one bad season. Like, they, something real – like, Broncos are always kind of average. Yeah, they're either average to really good. Yeah, and they never really have bad seasons. And then they finally – you guys finally have one atrocious season, and then they're like, oh, we'll make up for it by getting one of the most winningest coaches. Yeah. Who said that Russ is not – but he he's taking power away from Russ by not having his guys in the facility, which probably the best move that Sean Payton can make. Yeah, he should find a way. To, if there's anybody that can uh, find a way to get Russell Wilson out of Denver, could yeah. possibly be Sean Payton. Yeah. So the Broncos Bronco privilege. Um, yeah, the Walmart 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 uh, family Walmart uh, privilege. You guys got Sean Payton, really good head coach, which. Uh, a big thing that came out was, you know, the whole blind resume thing. Uh, Mike McCarthy and Sean Payton have pretty much identical resumes when it comes to Super Bowl wins, playoff bursts and wins, winning percentage, uh, amount of games coached. I think Mark Mike McCarthy has coached only 13 more games than Sean Payton, and their winning percentage is nearly identical. But one of them is considered a fat idiot, and the other one's like 
an offensive genius and one of the best coaches of all time. Well, the one thing with Sean Payton, uh, the difference between Sean Payton and Mike McCarthy is that before Sean Payton, the Saints were like one of the worst franchises ever and no it one could true. win there. And then Sean Payton comes into town, trades for Drew Brees or signs Drew Brees. I don't remember how that went down. I'm pretty sure they traded. I'd probably Drew. still pick Sean Payton, but Mike yeah. McCarthy is like way better than what everyone makes fun of him for. Yeah, well, he did that a lot earlier in his career, and then he kind of – but Sean Payton kind of did the same thing. I mean, but Sean Payton, the Saint, Saints fans and Sean Payton fans could always just say like, oh, well – the Minnesota Miracle, the yeah, blown call, pretty much. I'd be like, well, we would have too. Yeah, which... we, we'd have. To, we we still would have would have had to win like again that game, you know, the Super Bowl. But uh, we would have we would have won for sure. Yeah, would have too. But I think Sean Payne's gonna turn this around. I uh, um, I either seeing I I either see it as he turns it around. Broncos are good, not great for a little while. Um, maybe if he gets another quarterback down in, in the future, if he stays that long, I, uh, or it's going to be a dumpster fire. I honestly think that the Broncos are going to be second in the division next year behind the, uh, the chiefs and make the playoffs probably because I just don't see how it's so like chargers to me. It still is not humanly possible how Russell Wilson went from so good to so bad. And it was just like, I can't believe that hit. Like it was just him, like his body and his level, like, his ability to make throws just went that far down. I feel like it had to be a little bit of the coaching, a little bit of maybe the you know the scheme plays they're running, and I think that Sean Payton will be able to fix that and at least make him not, you know, not the worst quarterback in the league. Yeah, yeah, he was really really bad. I think that Sean he, Payton can make him towards the end of Seattle. He wasn't really great either. He wasn't Russell Wilson that we knew. But he's like, got appreciated. He's got you know he's got actually he doesn't have picks. They traded yeah. all those away. But uh, he's got young talent: uh, Jerry Judy, Tim Patrick, uh, Cortland Sutton, Javante Williams. I don't know you know really anyone on the defense except for Patrick Sertan and Justin Simmons. But I think the Broncos it's gonna be uh, it's gonna work out very well. Even though they're gonna pay him like. And a dumb amount, twenty million dollars a year. I don't think it's going to be great year one. I think it's going to be more. It's going to be a, a few year process for them to be good. I think it'll be interesting because Sean Payton, believe it or not, is a uh, very like dot the i's, cross the t's. You know, hats are don't wear hats backwards. Yeah, punctu- punct- yeah. punctual. Yeah, and very strict and by the book. And I just feel like he's not like Russ Wilson's going to be like going to go to my office. And meet with my team three, and Sean Payton's going to be like, no, you're not. Yeah. And then I, I'm curious to see if Russell Wilson's going to buy in. Because it's yeah. Russell Wilson. He thinks that, you know. He, he doesn't need the buy He in. thinks uh, team three is on the same level as uh, TB12. Yeah. And it's just not. It's just not. But uh, we're going to PSAs. Yeah, when we come back. D'Amico Ryans. I'm probably going to debate you on your AFC West take. Of the Broncos finishing second because of who they who the Chargers just hired. That is true. But uh, that'll all happen when we come back. Uh, Super Bowl media day. Egan was just telling me some funny things. Uh, by the way, if you just tuned in, some uh, Tough Scenes uh, podcast, uh, radio show. WEGL. Egan, WEGL, 91.1 FM. Ever heard of it? Yeah, so the Super Bowl media day has started. Obviously, it's Monday. And Nick Sirianni's two of the 
two of the very first questions he was asked as he sat down. One was, uh, hey, Nick, is this a must-win game? And to which he responded, yeah, yeah, I think that this is a must-win game. The Super Bowl. So, uh. And then another question was, which player on your team would you not let date your daughter? And to which he responded, um, my daughter is five years old. So glad to see that Super Bowl Media Week is back at full throttle. Yeah, I can't believe. Yeah, I can't I mean, believe they asked that. I'd probably say something stupid too, like, "Hey Nick, how many hot dogs are you gonna eat this weekend?" Yeah. <laughs> hey Nick, how many rounds of golf uh, are you gonna play in this beautiful weather in Arizona? Hey Nick, so are you gonna are you gonna go for it on fourth down on the first drive of the game and be uh, dumb like the last time? Or that's uh, another thing I wanted to say about Super Bowl is uh, the Eagles might not lose for themselves. Nick Sirianni might lose the game. Yeah, which. Another key, another key to the game. Will we see a Nick Sirianni just he's gonna disaster mess, He's going to mess something up. I already know. Will we see the Philadelphia Eagles' future unravel in front of our eyes and a city turn against its coach? It could, but. That would be, that'd be kind of funny. And also, funny. Philly losing three major sports uh, championships in one year. Would also be like hilarious. What was for it? Me. Phillies, Eagles, and the Union, the MLS team. Oh, I had no idea that that was even a real thing. Yep. Uh. But uh, <laughs> shout out the Union making the cup. The uh, this losing the losers. But yeah. uh, yeah, back back to coaches. Houston uh. Texans hired former player and former captain D'Amico Ryan's to be their next head coach. Also, um. Very important to note, he got a, he got a six-year deal. So this the Texans feel like this is their guy. They're going to give him time to make it work, make it right. Not a little short deal where, you know, he can't get his players in and let them develop. He's going to get he's going to have six years. And uh, not only did the Texans think he would be a great candidate, a lot of other teams did as well. Almost every single team that hired a head coach interviewed D'Amico Ryans. And it's said that the Denver Broncos – this the timing of these two announcements seem like it could be there can't be coincidental. Um, so the Texans came out and said that they hired D'Amico Ryan's, and then maybe like an hour and a half later, the Broncos like, oh, we hired we are trying we hired Sean Payton. Yeah, and this also happened the day after our show. Yeah, and then January thirty first, <laughs> and then it was like, hey, uh, John Elway, did you try to hire D'Amico Ryan's, and then just just switch to. Uh, Sean, no, 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 no. We were on Sean the whole time. Well, but, I, be, I mean, only I, I problem know. for the Broncos is all of the interviewing information is uh, is public, so we can see everyone you interviewed, and you interviewed Tamiko Ryan's twice. The only other t- uh, person you uh, didn't even didn't even interview Sean Payton twice. Just once? Just once. Interviewed D'Amico Ryan's twice, though. Mm. He also interviewed David Shaw. Uh, what in the what? Stanford head football coach from back in the day. Is he still the Stanford? No. Like, it, it's also like form. Like, it's just the Broncos were like, I think, you know that guy that was like pretty solid in college a couple of years ago? Well, that, I mean, that's, that's Harbaugh. It is kind of Harbaugh, but Harbaugh I still was just think that. Coach. If they would have hired David Shaw, I would have made fun of them so hard. That would, been, yeah, that would have been hilarious. So it's, and so the Broncos are coming out saying, no, 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 we wanted Sean Payne the whole time. 
But then I mean they probably did. I mean it's Sean Payton. But then it kind of it gets even more fishy because the two top dogs in the sports in the I don't know what you call it, football breaking news game, Ian Rappaport and Adam Schefter tweets tweeted at almost the same time. Rappaport says that the Broncos wanted D'Amico Ryan's when D'Amico signed with the Texans, then they went to Sean Payton. And then Adam Schefter's like, No, you're wrong. It was actually completely coincidental. So who are you going to believe? Rappaport, Shafter. I'm going to go with Rappaport because he goes on Pat McAfee's show and Shafter goes on ESPN. And Pat McAfee's show is ten times better than ESPN. I don't know who to believe. Um, I'm just going to stay off of this one. I think that going to watch this from afar. I honestly feel like they were trying to get D'Amico Ryan's because D'Amico Ryan's Seems like the just seems like the hottest candidate out there right now. I mean, I thought Sean Payton was. He's the DC of the. I think he was, but no, the owners didn't want to have to pay him like twenty million dollars a year. And D'Amico Ryan's though, obviously defensive coordinator of one of the best defenses we've seen in the past ten years, five years for sure. Definitely the best defense this year. And uh, he's a former player. Yeah, he played six years in Houston. I really like. I, I kind of like that. I, li- I like this hire. A former player of the franchise that drafted him, played six years there, uh, proven to be a good coach. Uh, 49ers defense is amazing. They've developed a lot of talent. They've drafted well. I like this hire. And for the Texans, it's good because it kind of, even though it's his first head coaching job, they're giving him six years, and it's kind of something. The Texans need stability. And it's basically worse. Like the Texans are saying, yeah, year one and two is going to suck. We're going to be horrible. Yeah, that's why as, you have six years. As but, long as they're on the same page, yeah, with it, things, I I can see it going well. It's like, yeah, man, we don't want, we're not expecting for you to win any games the first two seasons, but you know, three, four, five, you know, just the process. Get in there. We expect you to start winning some games, and uh, you know, I think this is a great hire. I really like the former players who get drafted as coaches because I feel like it they bring a little bit of an edge. Better, I feel like they're just better motivators. Yeah, they understand. They understand it. They know they're – I feel like they're just more competitive naturally. Yeah. Players. And uh, they just they – they know understand. how to get a team going. They know what a team wants to do. You know, They, they understand that locker room environment, yeah. I think, a little bit better. Whereas that's the problem I have with Stefanski. He just can't get anyone motivated. Um, moving on, L.A. Chargers, which even uh, though they've, they've – Scapegoat. They've been playing in L.A. for years now. It's still – Still San Diego Chargers. Yeah, it's still San Diego Chargers. But, uh, so they hired the Cowboys scapegoat from last season. Kellen Moore. Kellen Moore. So basically. One of the all-time winningest college football quarterbacks. Jerry Jones went to Mike McCarthy and was like, hey, I, dog. I can't fire you. I can't fire you, but I, I'm i just mad about last year. So we're going to fire someone. Yeah. Just pick someone. And he's like, um, what about Kellen Moore? And then I'll just call plays. Like, Perfect. I'll do that. Yeah. So they have to fire Kellen Moore. Uh, and uh, they hired Brian Schottenheimer as the OC, but I believe that Mike McCarthy's going to call plays. Yeah, I. That's just the most Cowboys thing ever. Let's hire somebody that. I'll I'll read you off uh, a picture I saw on Twitter of of Brian Schottenheimer's coaching resume. So he was the Washington bleep quarterbacks coach in two thousand one, twenty eighth ranked offense in the league. San Diego Chargers uh, quarterbacks coach, 
2002-2005, the only years of Drew Brees' career that didn't look Hall of Fame level, which oh, yeah, he was I, younger. I mean, to be fair, that was like his first years in the league. Um, New York Jets, 2006-2011, wasted some of the best defenses with Mark Sanchez. St. Louis Rams, offensive coordinator, 2012-2014. I, I almost can't blame him, though. It's Mark Sanchez. Yeah, but, I mean, could have got maybe another quarterback at that time. or just could have done the playoffs, something. didn't they? Or no? Oh, no. They, they went to back-to-back AFC championships, but really good defenses. Yeah, that's true. I don't I don't think Mark Sanchez was – I don't know. That was a while ago. St. Louis Rams, offense coordinator, 25th, 21st, 21st uh, ranked offense in the three years he was there. Georgia, 2015, 85th in the country in offense, got Mark Richt fired. Indianapolis Colts quarterbacks coach, 30th ranked offense in 2017. Seattle Seahawks offensive coordinator, 2018-2020. Uh, this one just says didn't let Russ cook. Um Jacksonville Jaguars, 2021, passing game coordinator and quarterbacks coach. 32nd ranked offense with Trevor Lawrence and just a lot of dysfunction, which isn't necessarily his fault. A lot of it's Urban Meyer's fault. Uh, but, yeah. I don't like the hire for the Cowboys. I I agree with that graphic, but the reason why they just said didn't let Russ cook is because he did very well with the Seattle Seahawks, and that would just – yeah. Lost their whole argument. Yeah, I guess so. So if he, it, I mean, all the places he did bad, the team sucked, like the personnel. So I think that with, I mean, he had Ladamian Tomlinson twice. Yeah, but he had like twenty-one-year-old, six-foot Drew Brees before he learned how to pass, being six foot. Yeah, but uh, I think that with players, Pretty he'll be jumping. he'll be like fine. Um, I he's also not calling plays, so I don't think it'll be. Yeah, but Dak Prescott. That bad. <laughs> like, Well, uh, yeah, well, one day the Cowboys are just going to have to get rid of Dak Prescott instead of just firing coaches every year. Yeah, they're going to just. But uh, that's what Jerry Jerry Jones can't be wrong about drafting and paying Dak Prescott. So it's Kellen Moore's fault, not Dak's. Because, but, yes. Because, Dak... you know, Jerry didn't pick Kellen Moore. He picked Dak. Yeah. So he didn't pick the wrong one. Mike McCarthy picked the wrong guy. It's but, uh, still somehow Jerry Jones' fault. Um, but for the Chargers hiring Kellen Moore, I like the hire. I think he's actually a good offensive coordinator, and I think with the Chargers, like offense, the Chargers' offense, I think is better than the Cowboys' offense. I think it'll be weapons wise uh, interesting to see what he does because obviously, I feel like he was getting a little bit of pressure from the front office and the coach to uh, run Zeke a lot. And try to do it that way. So I wonder if you know if that's really his kind of offensive mindset. If he's a run the ball type of guy. I mean, he's a former quarterback though. He's a former quarterback. Maybe it's just Jerry Jones. Like I paid Zeke twenty mil. You gonna give him the ball? Yeah, yeah. I I don't know. I, it's gonna be interesting. And I think. Yeah, but I'm, I'm believing in the Chargers. I don't. I I think it's partially because of our Madden franchise and who I signed from the Chargers to the Vikings. Uh, the Chargers. Uh, I mean, the Chargers obviously thought it was a really good uh, hire, too, because it was the day after he got fired by the Cowboys. Yeah. Which, I mean, I feel like that's probably a bad fire if the next day someone picks him up immediately. <laughs> yeah. That probably means he's pretty solid. Yeah. It's kind of like uh, like in a video game when you have like like an ultimate team 
where you have a card and you don't look up the price or something like that, and you put it for like ten grand, and it's it sells to be going instantly. For yeah, it sells like within a second. You're like, oh, yeah, I probably messed up the price there. That's what the Cowboys did with Kellen Moore. Yeah, I guess we can get through. Should we just do Vic Fangio, Brian Flores, and Michael Floor real quick for PSAs? Yeah, uh, Michael Floor, Rams still be bad. Uh, yeah, uh, Vic Fangio. Really uh, good defensive coordinator. Vic Fangio. Defense, defense, defense. Did not work out in with uh, the Broncos. As a head coach. Though. As a head coach, though. Defense coordinator, he's good. I don't know. We'll see. I think he'll be good. Brian Flores. I think he's a good. De- he's also, I'm not big on the head coach. Uh, he didn't do that well with the Dolphins. But defensively, yeah. I like him. He did. He did uh, all right. I think he, he did could all be right. a good head coach again. He could, I, think he, I think so, too, in the right situation. But definitely defensive guy. If... I think yeah, the Vikings defense was really bad this year. I think then this could be this could be good for them. Yeah. Brian Flores could be good for them. We'll get into old Bill when we come back. Uh I mean bad. Bad. That's that that's all I'm gonna say. Well Bill's Bill Belichick's just hiring his friends. Bad. Bad. All right, we're back. More tough scenes. Weagle, ninety one point one. We're gonna wrap FM. up these uh coaching hires real quick so we can go talk about some other stuff. But uh we, we gotta talk about this one. Riley's Riley's team. His, uh, his alma mater, uh, New England Patriots have hired a new offensive coordinator. And it couldn't be any, I mean, it's the perfect guy for the job, Bill O'Brien. I mean, why? Also quarterbacks coach, so he, he gets to ruin Bailey Zappi now. Why, why are the Patriots obsessed with the University of Alabama? I think because well, I know B- Alabama's very, very good, but they're not getting like the Alabama guys that uh, I would get in. It's like, you hey, know? Bill, you're supposed to get the Alabama players, not the coaches. Well, he did get Mac, but like he did get Mac. I, 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 I mean, rather... I get it because wasn't he Bill O'Brien was his OC before, right? Yeah, he was OC before he went to to Penn State. I want to say. Yeah, I get it. I mean, Bill Belichick. He kind of that's what he does. Like he put Matt Patricia as the OC last year, and Matt Patricia's never been an OC in his life. I don't yeah. think he's always been the defense coordinator. I feel like Bill Belichick likes to work with guys he knows. I'm trying. I'm gonna see when did Bill O'Brien coach with the Patriots. I really think and Bill Belichick has absolutely no desire. Who okay? Who is the best coordinator? Who's the best coordinator right now? Uh, Eric Bieniemy uh, from the Chiefs. Or, uh, I mean, Shanahan's a head coach, but he calls plays. I really don't think if you offered Bill Belichick, Eric Bieniemy, uh, the OC for the Chiefs that everyone uh, really wants, I really think he would say no, just because it's someone new. Okay, so Bill O'Brien was coached with the Patriots from 2007 to 2011. 2011, he was the OC. We did make the Super Bowl that year. That is true. Um, we lost. To the Giants the second time that year. Um, so Bill O'Brien's owned by the Giants. Yeah. Uh, he was an offensive offensive assistant the first time we lost to the Giants. Um, and then he went to Penn State, and then he went to the Texans. And, and blew up their franchise. Yeah. Uh, he did get Penn State kind of back on the map. Not back, but just, I don't know. I don't know 
I don't really remember with Penn State. I know that the circumstances weren't well because of everything that was going on there at the time. Oh, uh, he was the guy that hired after all that happened. Yeah. Um. I. Yeah. And then he went to Alabama. Alabama fans hated him. He was probably like one of the. I'm just worst not sure what Alabama has had. What what like the Patriots' offensive, like what direction they're moving in? I don't. Th- want... I don't. I I don't know either. Because last year you guys just ran screens. That didn't work very well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we also had a defensive coordinator calling plays, so it's. In my opinion, also. I. I uh, mean, I think it's better than having Matt Patricia, but I don't think it's much better. I think you have Baker Mayfield 2.0 as quarterback with Mac Jones. Yeah. Where it's like some plays are like, all right, here we go. It's the guy. Look at him. He just that, look at that. That's the guy. And then like a couple plays later, you're like, dude, what in the. What did you just – why would you throw that? Well, I think Bailey Zappi's more uh, – he's more experienced in, like, NFL type of offenses, which kind of – it may, that may sound stupid considering that Mac Jones played at Alabama, but Mac Jones' play style is more of a uh, – he more, like more of a game type of manager, and Bailey Zappi's more of, like, yeah. a air raid. Mac Jones guy. is, like, more of, like, the Alabama offense where it's like, wait, there's not a guy running 4-3 wide open down the middle of the field? What what the heck? Yeah. But Bill O'Brien, I mean, former Alabama coordinator, like, he probably, coordinator. probably could make Mac look pretty good, but – We'll I don't. See. I also don't know. I just don't. I would. I kind of wish they went into a new direction. I think the Patriots are a team that should never draft like young QBs. They should. They should always just be a team that gets like old guys. No, I, I don't think. I don't like that either. Like the like you guys should just not like old guys, but like you know players who have been in the league for a while that are really good still. I I don't know. I I like. Drafting. Go sign Mahomes, dude. I like, I like drafting a guy and then develop, developing him Patriot way. Well, see, yeah. the problem is you draft him in the first round and not 199. Yeah. So yeah. it's got to be sixth round pick But Bailey Zappi. Bailey Zappi. Still too early. It's got to be. Perfect. It's got to be. No, he's sixth round guy. Was it? Wait, was he? I thought he was like fourth round. I thought he was sixth round guy. Yeah, but then uh, so Joe Woods, defense coordinator, just got hired at the Saints. Um, he was just fired by the Browns. Um, for go- for having one of the bottom five defenses in the league for the past two seasons. So I'm not sure what the – this guy, Joe Woods, texted my dad, told him this. Joe Woods might be the best interviewee, best interviewee of all time because he just had one of the worst seasons of all time as a defensive coordinator, and he got hired almost – like literally only two weeks after. He could sell a ketchup popsicle to a woman in white gloves. Tommy Boy quote. In hot weather. In hot weather. Oh, uh, yeah. Bailey Zappi was a fourth-round pick. See, too um, early. It's got to be six. I I, I like him, though. I like him. I I know what Mac Jones is already. Who's a six-round quarterback? Mac, Mac Jones. I, well, actually, I can't say that because Brady was probably very similar back in the day. He wasn't going to win you games, but he wasn't going to lose you games. Yeah. I kind of think Mac Jones is similar to that. Uh, well, also, Mac Jones, dirty player. It, yeah, that's what they're Brady, saying. Brady kind of that's what they're saying about him. Brady had that to him as well. Remember, I remember. The only want to say it was like 2012 AFC Championship game. Is like I feel like Brady's dirtiness is like out of competitiveness. Uh, Mac Jones's dirtiness is like I just threw a pick six and got to stop it somehow. Yeah, <laughs> he, he. I mean, Mac the Mac Jones to uh, Grayson Allen comparison is very like very good comparison. Yeah. 
And Bailey Zappi is not really Grayson Allen. I Bailey Zappi, I like. I like the idea of Bailey yeah. Zappi. I like the idea of what Bailey Zappi can become. I don't like the idea of what Mac Jones can become, but I am biased in that he went to Alabama and he torched Auburn. I just can't wait to see Bill O'Brien back on NFL sideline with a headset on. The memes. Oh, I can. I can wait. The memes is going to be great. Um, I don't know. If the like, Patriots' it, defense are good, then, I mean. He has to be great from week one because if it's if they have, like, even a kind of a bad game offensively week one, I mean, it, it, the memes for Bill Bryant is just going to be endless. If the Patriots have a good defense. Yeah. But, uh, all then problems will be solved. The final two, Jets hired Nathaniel Hackett, <laughs> which, I mean, I think, he'll, I think he's going to be a decent offense coordinator. And they hired him because he worked with Aaron, trying to get Aaron in there. We'll see if that works. And the Tennessee Titans hired a new general manager, Ran Carthen. Uh, I didn't even see that one. But uh, good for that guy. So the co- the Arizona Cardinals still need a head coach. They have a second interview scheduled with Lou Anarumo, the Bengals defensive coordinator. They also have a... Uh, Second, second interview scheduled with Mike Kafka, the Giants' offensive coordinator. And everybody else that they interviewed either got fired or they're not going to bring him back for a second interview. Falcons need a D, uh, general manager. You most likely will not know any of the people that they're interviewing because they're just, you know. You don't know the GM's names. I'm not well, they're none of the... They're interviewing Jerry Reese. He's a former general man, general manager, but everyone else is just the director of player personnel or VP of player personnel. I guess that's the path you take to go to GM. You get you know player personnel and then GM. the The Baltimore Ravens are looking to sign a offense coordinator, and they have a second interview scheduled with Todd Munkin, the Georgia offensive coordinator. Hmm. So it could be another uh, college guy coming to the NFL. Uh, Ravens drafting Stetson. The Ravens could draft Stetson. <laughs> imagine, imagine not re-signing Lamar Jackson, and then drafting Stetson Bennett. I think they should not re-sign Lamar Jackson and and draft Hendon Hooker. Is the, I mean that has to be like some sort of. Some sort of bias there, right? Um, e, nah, because Hennon Hooker, I feel like, could be Lamar Jackson, but better. Because I think he could be a way better thrower than Lamar. I don't and think I think he's, he's, he's got not, an NFL he's, body. He's not as mobile as Lamar, though. He's not quite as mobile, but I think he's got an NFL body, so he's not going to. Because Lamar Jackson, although it's only been like a game or two every year, has not played a full season in four years. And this season missed six games. Lamar Jackson has uh, MVP, though. He does have an MVP, but he also represents himself. I don't know. I want Lamar to stay with Baltimore. Yeah, that just seems like the perfect place for Lamar. I don't want him to be there, though, if they're just going to run the most basic offense of all time. Though. Well, they don't have Greg Roman anymore. They do. That is true. But that's going to be interesting to see. They haven't hired the OC though. I feel like part of the reason why they say Lamar can't pass and he can only run is because they just they just don't don't call pass plays and they don't they don't have any wide receivers. Yeah. So imagine if they ran like a college offense. 
Are there any receivers and if, if they available? Get, if they get uh, monkey, monkey, monk. Well, how do you say monkey? Monkey. Yeah. Um, if they get monkey. Monkey. <laughs> monkey. Monkey. Uh, that would be kind of interesting bringing the college offense to the NFL with Lamar, who's like. That would know. be kind of interesting, but how much of Todd Monkey's success is that he's under Curry Smart, and you know they have the number one recruiting class the past five years. Yeah. That's all. That's I mean that's always the question with college coaches who are really successful and they come to the NFL, but I feel like it's an even bigger question when, it's, especially like at Ohio State, uh, Georgia, Alabama, when you actually like your roster is just way more talented than everybody else. Yeah. Also, like Georgia's offense wasn't like revolutionary either. No, I mean they just ran the ball really well. Yeah, and then and the, well, I mean the Ravens can threw to wide open wide receivers. Yeah, but uh, so that was that. We get back NBA trade deadline. Uh, big trade, big trade, and then we got our top ten. Yeah, our top ten. Uh, Egan's doing like a top ten of all time. We'll we'll get into that later after PSA. Yeah, the explanation. We'll be back. All right, we're back. Listen to more tough scenes here on WEGL 91.1 FM. And let's talk some hoops. Talk some hoops. Everyone, obviously, everyone knows NBA trade deadline is this Thursday, and Kyrie Irving is now a member of the Dallas Mavericks. So it's Kyrie Irving and I think one of the Morris brothers. I don't know which one. Markeith. Markeith to Dallas for Spencer Dinwiddie and Dorian Finney-Smith in a collection of picks. Um... What do you think of this, Egan, as a former I think Kyrie it's just, fan? I think this is a bad trade for both sides. Obviously, I know that the Nets had to get a deal done or they were going to have to sit him the rest of the year and he would walk. So they needed to – I mean, I guess so. I guess this is a good trade for the Nets because they had to get him – he had to move him. But I don't even think this is the best trade the Nets could have made. I understand that they – the. I'm not sure if he's the GM or the owner, the – I don't know his name. Nets GM. Sean Marks. It's not him. It's the owner. Nets. It, it's, uh, is it kind of hard to pronounce? Joseph Tsai. Some, it's a Asian guy. He's from Taiwan. But, uh, I looked up his name because I didn't want to say he's some Asian guy, but then I just said his name and then said some Asian guy. <laughs> so, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I understand that it was kind of a personal thing to Joseph Desai that he didn't want to give Kyrie Irving what he wanted and just kind of fold into it and let him go to the Lakers with LeBron, which is apparently what Kyrie kind of wanted. Yeah, which is so, ironic. Which, uh, which, let's see what you would have gotten back from the Lakers. Let's just go through all the different trades that the Nets declined. So Kyrie wanted to trade. And wanted to go to the Lakers, and so then the Nets owner was like, "Oh yeah, you want to leave my team? You don't get to go where you want." And so he refused to trade him to the Lakers, but the Lakers were gonna offer them 2027 and 2029 first round pick. So Lakers which, are just never gonna have a first round. Which pick. the Lakers in 2027 and 2029, LeBron would be 43. Like those are gonna be horrible picks. Those are going to be good picks. Yeah. So, like, those are both going to probably be lottery picks, I'm going to assume, because I feel like the Lakers, since they since Kobe and Shaq broke up, they've just been bad. 
Well, and actually, no. Kobe, but since Kobe fell off, they've just been horrible. Yeah. I mean, uh, bubble. And Jeannie Buss just doesn't know what she's doing at all. The bubble. The bubble. So they were going to get two first-round picks, Russell Westbrook, and then the Nets were like, all right, we like it. We'll take it, but we want you to throw in Austin Reeves and Max Christie. And then the Lakers were like, nah. I don't even know who those guys are. Uh, They suck. Yeah, that's probably why I don't know who uh, they are. Like overall terms, they're like seventy overalls in two K. Yeah, okay. That so they're sense. not that good. So they turned down that, and then let's see. Quite a whole. Mark Stein reports it may have been an act to shake the Lakers of every valuable asset they had. They're going to, yeah. So basically, the Nets were like, "Oh yeah, well if you're if we're gonna do what you want and send you to the Lakers, then we're gonna basically get the entire Lakers team back, except for LeBron." So that's what they try to do. So that obviously didn't work out. The Suns. That the was the Suns came into the mix. Now this is the one I would have taken. They they offered Chris Paul and a strong he's kind of like a strong forward slash power forward, Jay Crowder, and one first round pick. So one less pick, but you're actually getting a really good player in Chris Paul versus Russell Westbrook. And I think this trade, you're still a, in win now mode. Like I, th- I mean, the Mavericks trade isn't that bad either, though. I don't know how how crazy of a drop-off it is from Kyrie Irving to Chris Paul. I, I do definitely think that Kyrie Irving is better. Like, for sure better. But I don't think by that much. You know what I mean? Chris Paul I mean, but still... Chris Paul... How many years does Chris Paul have left? Uh, see, that that's... I don't know, but he's defying father time right now. Yeah, and I guess they really only had how much... How many years left of Kyrie? A year? The rest of the they got well. The Mavs got to resign him. Yeah, he doesn't have a contract yeah. next year. So like, I don't know. I don't think it's that bad for the Mavs if they don't resign him, or if it works out and they do resign him, it it, it could be good. Yeah. So um, I would have taken the Suns because then you have a starting lineup of Chris Paul, Joe Harris, Jay Crowder, Kevin Durant, and Nick Claxton, which I still, which I think, you know, solid. That could contend in the East. I'd say it's pretty solid. I think it's real solid and could definitely contend in the East when it's, you know, it's pretty, it's kind of wide open. You know what I mean? And then, so the Clippers and their team, they offered Luke Kennard, Terrence Mann. And. Oh, imagine that. A first, future first round and two pick swaps. Imagine Kyrie on the Clippers. Uh, Kyrie with Kawhi and Paul George. That would be really good. For the Clippers, but I don't. I'm uh, in agree in agreement with the Nets here that they would not get enough back from that trade. Luke yeah. Kennard and Terrence Mann is like all right. Yeah, but it would be like f- hilarious if he because <laughs> he wanted to go to the Lakers. Yeah, and they traded them to the other team in LA. And so those were the potential trade offers that they got. And then at the end of the day, they obviously went with the Ma- the Mavericks trade, which was let's see here Dinwiddie. <coughs> Spencer Dinwiddie, Dorian, Dorian Finney-Smith, and was it two firsts? Two picks, I think two picks. But I mean, I don't know. I think that Chris Paul, Jay Crowder, and a first is better than Spencer Dinwiddie, Dorian Finney-Smith, and two firsts. But that's just me. That's yeah, why I'm not the GM of the GM of the uh, Nets. But uh, I I don't know, but KD. I don't know when he's going to come back. So if they would have done the Chris Paul, they could have just like that. I just don't know why it's less first round pick, which I mean, they're going to have to 
They're going to have to rebuild. Like, the Nets are going to have to rebuild, I think. I mean, this is literally like the like the metaphor or whatever you want to call it, the saying of thank God you're, thank God you're hot or, like, thank God you're good-looking because, like, when you do something really dumb, this is, like, thank God you are one of the best basketball players we have ever seen yeah, or you would not have a job anywhere. Yeah. Like, the amount of times he's just caused so many off-the-court issues and it's just such a headache for every team he goes to. And he he says this and this, and he needs this and this. And then the Nets offered him, like, all the money in the world, max contract. And he's like, uh, no. And then, so now, I don't know why the Mavericks would make this trade. Yeah, because they risked, like, Luka maybe just not getting along with Kyrie or that dynamic not working out. Well, they also risk the just, like, Kyrie just plays and doesn't play, like, on Kyrie's time. Like, not, like, he doesn't follow the NBA. Like, he's just like, I'm not going to play. Yeah. He's like, I'm sitting out. Kyrie's on Kyrie's schedule. Yeah, Kyrie's on Kyrie's schedule. He just plays when he wants. He gets, he's not the most, he does get injuries quite a bit. But when he does play, it's like. Yeah, but when he does play, it is very. It's special. It is special. But him and Luka playing at the same time, I don't know how that's going to work. Because they both need the ball, you know? Like, they both are very, like, they both, both their usage rates are very high. Yeah, I'm just not sure. Like, and, and as Big Cat from Barstool always says, there's always, there's only one ball. There is only one ball. And they both need, need the ball to be good. So. There's also, like. Maybe they should do it like hockey. There's also, like, other movies out there except for the anti-Semitic ones. Yeah. They <laughs> could do it like hockey and just have, like, Luca play. A shift, Kyrie play a shift. Like, All right, so I, I, I don't know. I don't think they. I don't know how it's going to work with them both on the court at the same time. Like it, I just can't see it going well. So in 2019, 2020, he only played 20 games. In 2020, 2021, he played 54. 22 played 29, and this year he's played 40. So like when he plays, yeah. But the only problem is it's not like when he when he not like every other player in the league when they're injured they're just injured. It's like when he's not playing he's causing so many issues online. Yeah, he's just lo- trying to say something controversial or whatever he's trying to do. Something goes wrong. Yeah, something he he does something he does like a tweet that's like come on Kyrie. But there's only like half the season left and there's no guarantee that he's going to be a Mav after that. And if the Mavs win a championship, it would be a, like a great trade. Because I mean, what 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 are you playing the games for to win a championship? Yeah. And, and if you win a championship with Kyrie, and then let him walk, it's really not. The like, only thing is, I, though, the Mavericks bad. have to know that there's no chance that they win a championship with this team. Like they have to be, they have to know that this yeah. team is. There, I think they're defensively. I don't know. They're both. Yeah, defensively. Offensively, it's gonna be sick. Dallas Mavericks. Let's see here. It's kind of like our Madden franchise. So they are above 500 by two games, barely. But there's just six in the West when the West is really wide open. I just feel like there's no way that they're going to win that, win the championship this year. I don't know. Who knows? Do they play well enough? Do they go deep enough in the Western Conference? playoffs that he wants to resign. I just don't think that this 
It's going to work out. I could see him making like the Western Conference Finals and just like falling apart. I could see that too. I just, I don't know. I don't know. What if they miss the playoffs entirely? That would be kind of funny too. Yeah, they'd, like, they'd lose the play-in. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because that's what they're at right now. I think they're. No, they're six. Six, yeah. So what is playing seven, eight, nine, ten? Yeah. I I'm not a fan of it for the Mavs because I feel like oh dude that'd be so funny long term it just is not gonna work at all and I feel like if when you make a trade this big you have to be planning for long term yeah but with Kyrie you can't plan for the long term so that's also that's like, why you just don't trade for him yeah but it's also if the Mavs really believe in this team it's like what it's else a good trade. do you think you could have gotten for Spencer Dinwiddie Dorian Finney Smith and two firsts do I feel like that could get you like Get you a bunch of good players, a bunch of good players that don't aren't going to be headaches that you could have for a while. Yeah, but is there a good players for that that are available? Like Zach Levine's on the trade trade block. You could have probably given him Spencer Dinwiddie in one pick for trade Zach Levine, and then that would have been not a ball dominant guard that could actually help out Luca. Yeah, to me this. In my opinion, I think it'll like the Mavericks will be a better team. But I think it's more of like a, ooh, it's a shiny new toy. I need it. Yeah. Kind of move. Yeah. A not very Mavericks move. No. In my opinion. Very opposite of Dirk. Yeah. Dirk, Dirk's like. And the opposite know, of those teams. Yeah. Dirk's like, you know, soft smoking, hard worker, showed up to the games, the paper plate, wrapped in foil that his wife gave him. Yeah. You know, he's just, he's just a guy's guy. Kyrie's, Kyrie's not walking in with a paper plate and foil. Yeah, but Ky- Kyrie is, like, amazing, though. Kyrie when he plays. is amazing. When, when he, he plays. plays. When he plays, he's special. So we'll see. I think offensively. 20 games last year. I think offensively it's going to be awesome. And then the, the also the. It's going to be fun for Dallas. Maybe my dad will finally show up to a game. I, yeah, I think it's going to be fun while it lasts. Like every while, Yeah, time. while it lasts. And then we'll see what happens. Yeah, it's like any, like, Celtics, like, Cavs, Celtics, Nets, it was real fun while it lasted. Yeah, it's just don't don't cry because it's over. Smile because it happened. It's just starting to last shorter and shorter each stop he goes, though. Yeah, but you don't. There's only half the season left now, so I mean, yeah, I I don't hate it. I don't necessarily like it, but I don't hate it. And if they win a championship, it's great. Almost less, I think, than half the season. Yeah, Let me look up how many how many NBA games have been played this season. Dun, 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 dun. All right, well, we got to right, so mid, mid-50s, so he's missed, like, 15 games this year. And he wasn't injured. And he wasn't injured. It was just for off-the-court stuff. Yeah. I don't know. Who knows? But we got to go to PSAs, so we'll be back in, like, two minutes. All right, we're back. Last segment of tonight. Yeah. Tough he, scenes. One Weevil. last thing on the Kyrie Irving news. Uh, since February 6, 2018 uh, to February 6, 2023, which is today, five years, Kyrie Irving has played in a in 222 games out of a possible 410. <laughs> so he's in the past five years, which, why you're like, five years? Why five years? Because uh, he left the Cavs five years ago. So this is not including any of his time in Cleveland when he had LeBron to kind of guide him. This is since he's left Cleveland and wanted to go, you know, 
lead his own team and do his own thing. He's played half the games. Not good. Not good. But uh But when he played. But when he plays, he's averaging twenty six a game, four five rebounds and six assists. Pretty good. Pretty good. I thought that'd be higher actually. Twenty six But he also played half the games. So you only played not good. half the games. That is true. Um yeah. But uh we're going through our uh, – so Charles Barkley went on the Matt Barnes, Stephen uh, Jackson. I'm for, Which, I don't know the name of that podcast. I don't like Stephen Jackson. Uh, they uh, – he's just um, – he, he just bat- wakes up every morning and he's like, I have to prove to America I am a gangster. And I hate the San Antonio Spurs, which is my favorite team. So I have – I, I just know. don't like don't... the people that's like – they wake. he's like, he woke up and his first thought is like, I have to prove to everyone I'm tough Yeah, and mean. John Morant recently. So, uh, but yeah, Charles Barkley went on there and he released his top ten NBA players of all time. And uh, this is a very how old is Charles Barkley? Like sixty, something like let that. Me, let me look up. Old I think show. that his uh, list is a very sixty, sixty-year-old uh, take. So he's got MJ number one, Oscar Robertson number two, Wilt Chamberlain number three, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar number four. Bill Russell, number five. Kobe Bryant, number six. LeBron James coming in at number seven. Tim Duncan, eight. Hakeem Olajuwon, nine. Jerry West, who is a point guard, at ten. Uh, notable name that was left off this list, Magic Johnson. Which I feel like Magic Johnson is definitely better than Jerry West. But we're not here to talk about Charles's list. It gave us the idea that we're going to give you our own top ten NBA players of all time. But me and Riley are 21 years old, so we're we obviously didn't get to watch. We never watched MJ MJ play, you know. We really did not. I mean, we watched Kobe, but what we were like nine years old when. Yeah, he's on my list. I I did my list is just NBA top ten that I've watched with my own eyes. Yeah, so my list is kind of similar. I I call it the millennial top ten of all time, which yeah. is basically, you know, my. My time that I've been alive, and then obviously just I put Michael Jordan on there because, you know, you hear you hear so much about him. The LeBron James-Michael Jordan debate comes up usually once a year around NBA Finals time, so I feel like I know enough about MJ. But I don't know. You, you get it. You kind of get it. Yeah. Hopefully they get it. Um, MJ is not on my list, but he is my GOAT. Yeah, so. But I haven't watched him, so I can't put him on my list. I guess, should we do, you do your number one and I do my number one? And then well, I think we have the same number forth. one. Yeah. Or I'm just saying, like, you just want to say your whole list and my whole list. Oh, yeah. Go back and yeah. forth. All right, so, again, mine's the top ten that I've watched. LeBron. It's a good con- pick. Kind of controversial second pick. But I have Steph Curry. I don't hate that pick. Um, Just because I think he's he's just revolutionary. Obviously very, very good. Yeah, uh, there's no other player like Steph Curry. And if you don't think he's revolutionary, go do a like a YMCA. Look at yeah. the basketball court. Yeah. Um, Kobe three. Um, I don't know if that's too high or too low. I think that's. Um, I I, I like that. that. Yeah. Four. I have KD. Yeah. Uh, I really like KD. I like his game a lot. Just a uh, yeah. Freak of nature. Seven Spe- foot point guard. S- speaking of freak. I have Giannis five. Um, that might be too high, but also it's higher than I have. I'll say that. I, I just Giannis is a freak of nature. He is pretty freaky. He said called, that was uh, five. Yeah, number six. 
I would put him higher, but I and he played for my favorite team. It was Tim Duncan. Yeah. If I would have watched him, like if I was uh, able to remember. Yeah, Tim Duncan was like. We got to watch old Tim Duncan when we were like twelve. He was still very good. Yeah, but we, we didn't get to watch like the the prime years when he was like just MVP. tearing it up with David Robinson. Yeah, um, I didn't. I didn't get to. I, I don't remember the the first few Spurs championships, but yeah. I watched. I know. I for a fact I watched the last one, the two thousand seven one against the Cavs. Um, I don't know if I watched yeah. that one or not, but. He was still very like it's Tim yeah. Duncan. No need to explain. Uh, number seven, also former Spur, but mainly known for after the Spurs, Kawhi Leonard. Um, That's a good pick. Eight, I have Wade. Yeah, um, gotta put Wade could be on Dean, there. could be Dwayne. You guys can make the choice there. Uh, number nine, Dirk, just because he beat the Miami Heat in the finals that one year. Yeah, um, and. When I say he, I know it's the Mavericks, but it was it was Dirk, and pretty much Dirk, Dirk, and a bunch of role players. And then number ten, I'm just gonna get ahead of the the curve here. Um, Victor won by Emma. Yeah, uh, he's basically he's already the best. Yeah, like to the he's um, yeah, so he's just gonna his get, highlights are insane. Just get out in front of it now. Yeah. So in ten, twenty years, you're like, hey, I, I said, said it. it. He made yeah. my top ten. So my top ten. I'm gonna run through real quick so we're running out of time. But uh I got LeBron, number one, same pick as Riley. Uh it's also very biased because I grew up huge Cavs fan, still am, and I watched LeBron play probably four hundred times. Uh next up I have Michael Jordan. I didn't watch him play ever when I grew up, but obviously everyone knows about Michael Jordan. I probably watched the Last Dance documentary three times. Yeah. And so I feel like I know enough about MJ. Number three. Actually, I'll just go three through five here because it's the exact same order that Riley had. I have Curry, Kobe, KD. Uh, Curry three, Kobe four, KD five. And then six. This is one of my favorite players of all time, Shaq. I feel like Shaq is easily the... I mean, you know, you could say Kareem, Bill Russell, but... I don't know. You th- throw a ball, dude. Throw a ball up in the air and have Bill Russell and Shaq play one on one. I feel like Shaq wins like eleven to zero. Yeah, but uh, number seven, I think he is not done yet. He has very, very good opportunity to move up the list. The Greek freak, Giannis Antetokounmpo, if he can win another championship, which he kind of did almost on his own. He had Chris Middleton, but that's about it. Bob number Ford. eight. This is also kind of biased. I saw him play a lot. I saw. You know, him and LeBron go back and forth in the Eastern Conference Finals a couple times. Dwight Howard yeah. from the Orlando Magic. I remember when LeBron hit that three over him. That's probably my favorite play of all time. Number And then my number 9 and 10 uh, might be a little controversial. Uh, I got James Harden over Dwayne, like, over Dwayne Wade. And Manu. And Manu. But I think James <laughs> Harden in the Houston days was absolutely insane. Oh, he was nuts. And then my last pick... Also, another shooting guard above Dwayne Wade and Manu, but I feel like he was he was a very very critical part of the, you know the dynasty. I watched him play a lot, and he busted up my team a lot. Clay Thompson. Yeah, he was. I mean, he I, was, I I think D Wade's better than Clay Thompson. I think yeah, Dwayne Wade probably is better than Clay Thompson, but I just never watched Dwayne Wade play. 
So, but I watched Clay Thompson play, and I remember just like, oh, can he just can he just chill out for one game? Yeah, no, he's he, a very good player. I obviously. mean, people really forget about how how critical he was to that team because Steph wasn't really playing much defense. Clay Thompson was going out there locking up their best guy. Yeah, like and- he was the one who guarded Braun a lot of the time. You know, he had to go out there and do a lot of the dirty work as well as put up, like, 25, three points. Yeah. Well, that's our top ten. That's our top ten. It's also the show, pretty much. Uh, Madam Franchise, I wish we had more time to talk about it. Yeah. Um, I have Justin Herbert and uh, Jonathan Taylor on my team, along with Justin Jefferson, and absolutely nobody on defense. But I don't really need anybody on defense. Yeah, and I traded for... Linderbaum from the Ravens, Evan Neal from the Giants, and Trey Smith, I think his name is, from the Chiefs, and also Patrick Ricard from the Ravens. So I just run the ball in I formation. And <laughs> Kenneth Walker doesn't get touched till like, the second level, which is great. Me, me and Egan, we both missed the playoffs the first two years. Yeah, um, but uh, I'm 2-3 and three right now. I am 4-1. F- and one. Should be 3-2, and two, but I lost an OT. Yeah, I I should be five and zero. Oh. The game the hasn't well. updated with the both teams get a shot. It's still first touchdown wins and well, I, it's like it's I like lost. that in the regular season. Oh, is it? Yeah, it's only in the playoffs. That's a dumb rule. Yeah, but uh, yeah, that's the show. Love you guys. Thanks for listening. And uh, yeah, yeah. Tune in next Monday. Love you guys. Thank you, everyone, for listening to another episode of Tough Scenes. If you're interested in more sports content, visit weglfm.com. And be sure to follow us on Instagram at RileyZepp and at Egan.83. I hope everyone has a great rest of the week, and I'll see you next Monday at 9 with another episode of Tough Scenes.